Welcome to Tripod, our travel retail themed podcast series in association with the SIVA Group. I'm Martin Moody. I'm Roger Jackson. Roger, we're back again with a special guest in a few moments, but as always, we'll talk just briefly about some of the standouts from the industry. Anything on the top of your mind? I think probably the topic that most people are talking about our industry at the moment, Martin, is the change in landscape, the possible change in landscape of retailers. We've got two pretty big tenders that are going on at the moment. So uh, I guess you can throw Beirut in there. So Beirut is currently uh, in the tender process, and I think that will happen in the next few weeks. Yep got Paris um, and actually the French um, airports most of them are in the uh, the joint venture at the moment and that will be announced in the coming weeks as well and I think as most people know we've got Spain Um, so the 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 tender that obviously currently Goofy has all of uh, and I don't know how that's going to be cut up will it be in three groups like it was last time so and you know for those who are either aren't that close to our industry or um, you know, or new to the industry, those three, you know, two of those are really, really big tenders. The French tender and the Spanish tender are traditionally very, very large tenders. So good luck to everybody who is in that process. Um, and let's see what comes out of that, because that could either give a lot of comfort to the two existing incumbent uh, retailers, or obviously it could really change up the uh, the landscape. And I'm sure there's a lot of retailers out there who would like to get their hands on those locations. Yeah, absolutely. They're certainly going to be ultra competitive tenders. It's good to see, of course, tenders taking place because for the last couple of years, we've not seen much activity for the reasons we, we, know, too, for, uh, we know full too well. Um, just talking about France, of course, that's a nice segue, Roger, to today's guest, um, who works for a very French company, company, uh, Lagardère Travel Retail. Shall we bring him in? Yeah, it's great guest. Yeah, let's let's speak to him. So this episode's special guest on Tripod is Bruno Guisset, Executive Vice President Merchant for Lagardère Travel Retail and Duty Free Global, a key role for the French travel retail powerhouse. Now, Bruno joined the group after a highly successful eight years at LVMH-owned beauty retail chain Sephora, and before that, a similar period with French retailer Group Casino. Bruno, welcome to Tripod. Thanks, Martin. Hello, uh, Martin. Hello, Roger. Hey, Bruno. Great to have you with us, Roger. We'll kick off with, with you, and nice to be back with you, of course, as always. Yeah. Um, Hey, Bruno, great to see you again. Um, I guess big question for me is where did it all start for you? So background, family, sort of key influences when you were when you were younger, where did it all start for you? Um, Basically, I had a very international first years of my life. I'm born in the late 70s and uh, for the 10 first years, I've been changing countries every two years. My father was uh, building all across the world. So I lived in um, Norway, I lived in Gap, I lived in East Germany before the wall, um, in Morocco, in Canada. Wow. So um, then I, um, I've been back in France to do my um, high school. I did my um, A level in France. Then I did a business school again in France and a master degree in France. So um, for the first 20 years of my life, I would say I spent 
more time uh, abroad than in France and uh, in very different culture, in very different countries. Uh, Gabon and Morocco are very different from East Germany. Um, so uh, that I think contributes to um, what um, I am today uh, of that. How long were you in East Germany for? Sorry? How long were you in East Germany for? I've uh, been in Germany for um, a bit less than three years. Wow. I bet that was, well, I bet all those locations were interesting, but I bet being in East Germany at that time was uh, very interesting. Yeah, I'm one of the happy few that uh, have experimented that. Yeah. Um, and then tell us a bit around your career. So you started off with uh, Group A Casino, uh, and then obviously um, Sephora owned by LVMH. Give us a bit of an idea of how all of that started. How did you get started in this career where obviously it's led you now? Yeah, um, basically, I, uh, as I said, I've, um, before I worked, uh, I've uh, been abroad. And then um, when I start to look for a job, and uh, in the early um, 2000 years, um, job situation was not as it is now. So it was a bit challenging to find job. Nevertheless, I had... Um, some conviction of what I wanted to do and what I don't want to do. And I really wanted to work in retail for international company. So um, I took a bit of time to find the job I want, the company I want, and I joined um, Casino Group um, as, a, as a buyer. And uh, I spent eight years in Casino Group um, at different buying position, uh, buyer, head of buyings, uh, local, international. And um, after I, uh, I moved to Sephora. Um, when, I, um, when I look behind my shoulders um, and these 20 years of, um, of work I've done, I'm proud of plenty of things I've uh, led or been part of. But I also remember plenty of uh, mistake and failure I uh, experimented that contribute also now to, uh, to what I am. You know, you, in French, we say very often that you can do a mistake one time, maybe two times, but uh, three times then it's a problem. So um, I made a lot and I've been very lucky in all my career to have plenty of boss that give me autonomy that accept that I learned from mistake and failure. And I did a lot. But uh, I, I had also plenty of success. Huh? But all that have contributed to, um, to build uh, what I am uh, professionally. And if I dig a bit um, into um, each what each company gives to me, Casino has a first job, you know, it's mass market retail. So it gives me a lot of uh, structure, process, um, teach me how to monitor uh, figures to um, be very sharp on um, analysis. It uh, developed, obviously, my negotiation skills. Um, I had my uh, first experience of management, and uh, it also gave me some, some values uh, of um, results, uh, hardworking, um, efficacy, uh, and so on. So, um, Casino uh, basically was um, the first tone of what I am professionally. It gave me the basis. Yeah. Then, after a few years in Casino, I um, joined Sephora. 
and uh, Sephora uh, contribute also also to build me and it gives me it allow me to enlarge uh, my skills from negotiation to merchant vision so to add um, category management uh, assortment uh, animation promotion pricing and give me a much wide vision of um, of the job um, I had um, bigger teams to uh, manage and it's also the company where I first time joined an executive committee. So I've been um, exposed to uh, strategic vision, uh, to long-term vision, and also uh, teach me to cope with managing a business unit as a merchant, but also being part of um, executive committee. So work on different topics like human resource, like logistics, like um, IT, being um, exposed to other problematics and contribute to it. Um, it also developed my entrepreneurship, Sephora, uh, because in Sephora, my last job was uh, to open a country uh, as a GM, Switzerland for Sephora. So starting from zero and uh, at the end of the day, uh, opened um, 25 corners, uh, built um, headquarters, enrolled 200 people uh, with an executive committee. And uh, that's, also, uh, yes, was very entrepreneurial, was working like a kind of startup, even if it was part of a big group, uh, with some comfort of a big group, but with the challenge of a startup. So that has been also very, um, I learned a lot from, uh, from that, and it was a lovely um, experience. Um, and, um, yeah. I was going to say, given your moves as a child with your dad's, your father's job, what was it like then for you to move to Geneva as part of your, you know, your job? Yeah, so it was very helpful, obviously. Um, you know, when um, when you're a basic French, you say, okay, Switzerland is very close from uh, from France. It could be something similar. At the end of the day, it's, it's very different. It's a country with three languages. Everything you have to do, you have to do in three times. Social, social, um, the social is very different. Um, Consumer behavior are very different. Uh, way of life is very different. Low labor and low um, labor low is very different. So um, I had to adapt. I had to learn. I had to uh, learn German to uh, to speak with my team in um, in the German part of um, Switzerland. Uh, well, French was okay. Italian I didn't manage, uh, but it's um, it was very nice experience. I, I loved it, and it's a kind of Concentrate of everything you could find abroad, without having the um, exotism of uh, going in Asia or Latin America. So um, um, it was a very, very interesting um, experience. I learned a lot. The way of life also in Switzerland is quite cool. Huh? You are in the mountain, in the lake. Uh, so you work a lot, but uh, for the free time, you uh, have uh, plenty of uh, things to do outdoor. And uh, so I, I loved it. And then we were lucky enough to get you in travel retail. Um, yeah. how, how did that come about? Um, so yeah, then I um, I've been contacted by uh, by Lagardère to join Lagardère, and um, for the to understand this move, uh, you have to understand that the boss I had in um, Sephora 
moved to Lagardère and uh, contact me there. So I uh, go back to work with the boss I had in the past. And um, I left um, a small country for uh, Sephora for at the time, um, still now, um, a leader, a leading player in travel retail, Lagardère. Uh, so a global group uh, having leading position in plenty of um, countries in a sector that is uh, doing 15 to 20% growth uh, every year uh, with traffic. Um, going from a specialist in beauty to uh, more um, all categories. Going, so going back to uh, what I had in Casino, working with uh, beverage, working with uh, food, working with the beauty, so more uh, global. So I was very happy to, uh, to do this move, to stay somehow in the selective retail, because um, duty-free is kind of, selective retail is, is, a, is a big share of it. Plenty of categories, dynamic sector. I was very, very happy to, um, to move there. On a global role, merchant, uh, that, that would allow me to combine everything I learned in my two past experience. Was a, basically, basically I, it was the good job and the good momentum for me to, um, to be part again of an executive committee on a more global um, way uh, with more responsibility and allow me to use all the experience I have. So it was a perfect job at the perfect moment in a very, very um, dynamic uh, sector. So, uh, yeah. And then I came to a travel retail. And what did I discover in travel retail? Plenty of good things. Um, first of all, and I was very surprised and still very surprised of, of it, it's a global community of passionate people. And when I see uh, you and Martin, you are part of this community and you're animating a uh, community of passionate people. And you don't find this passion in um, other um, kind of retail. You don't see this passion for mass market, you don't see this passion for selective beauty, even if passionate of beauty. But you don't, don't see this community of passionate people. Uh, I think it's very specific for um, travel retail. Um, it's a sector that is also much more reactive um, to everything. So you take a decision centrally, and as um, there are no plenty of layers between central and the shops in the airport, it happens in two or three days. You can see how it happens in the shop. So there is a lot of more reactivity. That's um, very good because it allows you to experiment, to learn. And when you do a mistake, you can correct it much quicker than um, in, um, in other kind of retail. It's also much more sensible to macro and microeconomics um, or social events. Um, and it's even disproportionate. There is a, a catastrophe, there is a war, there is um, like the COVID. The effect you get in travel retail has multiplied by 10 compared to, um, to the others. And the consequences mean that you have to adapt and reinvent yourself much quicker, uh, much quicker. So uh, that makes it different. And on the other hand, uh, now that I'm in this sector for four years, I start to become passionate with this sector. And um, I see that we could do much more much more in, uh, in travel retail. When you look on the assets of travel retail, high quality traffic, very international profile, um, all kind of buyer typology, 
um, I don't understand why the brands don't use more travel retail as a laboratory to, uh, to launch their brand, to launch their product and so on. So very often the brands, they launch on local markets, they grow on local market and then they come in travel retail. Best case, they launch at the same time. And now for me, now that I'm on this sector, it's a nonsense. You have a kind of concentration of what the world is in the bigger international platform. And you could, branch could test, learn, and then deploy internationally on the local market. So I think that some brands are starting to think like that. And I think that we have our job to do uh, as operator to propose to the brands and explain them all the benefits they could have and with uh, more working with us. So I think that um, there's a long way to do, but uh, um, my ambition is to make of travel retail and obviously uh, Lagardeur more than any others, the best platform to launch, the best platform to test, the best platform to experiment when you have something to do before uh, going international. I couldn't agree anymore. And I think um, we've got a job as an industry to make all of the brands feel that this is a place to do exactly what you said, Bruno, because there isn't any industry uh, globally that can do what we do, which is launch a product and then everyone from pretty much every single country that exists, I think 186 countries, I'm sure Martin will correct me, I think it's 186 <laughs> countries in the world where every there'll be someone from every single one of those countries to see your brand, they'll buy it, they'll take it home and then they'll tell uh, loads of people and there is not a, there is not an industry where you can do that that exists apart from global travel. Absolutely. Yeah. And just a quick one, Bruno, from me, who are your key influences, mentors, whether it's work or personal, who's had a real big um, impact on you and your career? So um, in my career, I had, um, I think, four persons that influenced me a lot. Um, one um, very personal is uh, my father that I've seen always uh, working a lot with uh, big values, with uh, courage, with, uh, and, um, with passion, with conviction, and uh, with uh, very strict, with a taste for things, for good results and things well done. And um, that uh, has been a very strong influence and uh, has built, and then, uh, Professionally, um, pl plenty of person influence me, plenty uh, my bosses, some of my senior colleagues, some managers some top managers from the brands I meet, and I still meet um, on a, very often. So for the brand side, I will not tell you who are the ones, uh, otherwise uh, they will uh, use it. Uh, you'll, be, when, uh, you'll be getting it. You'll be getting extra price increases, Bruno. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> so, so I will not tell you, but I, will, I can tell you the bosses I had um, in my um, in my career. I had three bosses that um, have been influenced me a lot. My first boss in Casilo, um, called um, Philippe Gautreau, is the one that gave me my chance, and um, it was a time when Casino transformed himself from a regional or French retailer to a global one. And he was uh, leading the international part of uh, Casino. 
And um, at this time in Casino, um, there was no, no many people speaking English. So I've been very lucky to uh, a few words of English and uh, very young, I've been exposed to the international exposition of Casino with, uh, and it gave me responsibility just because I was uh, speaking a few words of English. And um, this trust and uh, this confidence, this autonomy that give me and this ability against to, um, to fail and learn um, and the way he, um, he behaved as a pioneer international uh, has inspired me a lot. The second, uh, not direct boss I had, but uh, the one that inspired me a lot was the boss, uh, the CEO of um, Sephora, when I was in Sephora, yeah. of, uh, de La Puente, that is uh, now uh, leading all the retail of uh, LVMH. And the way he transformed um, Sephora from, from basically a regional leader of beauty to the global beauty reference in, in a few years, making a global company and a reference in beauty changing the organization, changing the mindset, changing uh, the, um, the casting also of the, of the person, but smoothly, but uh, straight, smooth and straight, uh, was uh, with, with a vision and uh, very inspirational, um, has, has been uh, an influence for me. And last but not least, and I don't say it because um, I'm sure he will not listen to the podcast, so uh, I can say it. It's uh, my current boss, Lilian. He was my boss in Casino. He was my boss in Sephora. He's again my boss in uh, Lagardère. Um, so first of all, I have to cope with the fact that um, I will never be his boss. Uh, but um, influence, he, he has been also an influence because he also is very strategic. He has a very strong strategic vision. Is the same, at the same time, tough and uh, human. We share the same value. And it teaches me to transform very, very complex problematics and situations to split it in plenty of simple and pragmatic um, issues. So this way to transform a big piece of uh, problems into yeah. plenty of simple actions um, has helped me to, to be a better professional every day. So, um, to that to all his strategic vision, his uh, human approach, the same value we share is also um, a strong influence to me. Okay, very interesting. We'll make sure, Roger, that he does listen to this podcast, <laughs> won't we? Uh, I'm going to send it to him on purpose. We'll, we'll, make, we'll make him a listener. Absolutely. There's no escape, Bruno, I'm afraid, with Roger and I. But listen, just to, just to bring this first part, very interesting part to an end. You talked about the people that kind of help shape your career and, and, and indeed your, your career values. Let's just pick out some of the highlights or maybe one or two of the highlights along the way. Always difficult when you track back over a journey. But is there anything that really jumps out as you as particularly momentous to Bruno during that journey you've just described? So um, if I have to, to take an alliance a moment or something that um, I think I will always have in my mind, um, I would say it's um, when the, the night or the day when 
of the lights turned off on um, travel retail uh, two years ago when uh, day to another everything has been closed yeah and uh, when you are on um, on a management committee on um, on a retailer uh, doing only travel retail in uh, in Lagarde yeah and you wake up this morning and uh, everything is closed and you know it will be for a long time um, yeah. and um, it's um it's a kind of shock and yeah. uh, say okay i have uh, i have teams um and you see all the issues you will have on cash on stock on human and uh, you know it's something that nobody has seen before so even if you you're supposed to be a kind of senior um, senior executive you're supposed to have answers but at this specific morning um when everything turned off you don't have any you uh, kind of like a blank uh, blank page and um, then you uh, honestly speaking it took me two or three days to to think on a way to uh, to work on and to talk to the teams and then what um, what i loved and if i say i have to love something on this period is that we um, all fight to survive. And that creates um, kind of um, team spirit um, with all the company, from my bosses to the, to the assistant. We all survive for the same goal, very simple, only to survive. Yeah. But it also creates much more proximity with the landlords and the brands. And I think that before the COVID, we were talking about Trinity. And it could be, to some extent, sometimes um, a concept. After COVID, it's not anymore a concept. It's um, very, very now um, teams that work very well together and the links we have developed with the landlords and with the brands that were all facing situation and not fighting, just trying to, to find the best way to make travel retail survive as long as possible, um, for me, is a highlight in my career. It's, uh, it was difficult, it was tough. Yeah. We had to take very uncomfortable decision, yeah. but now we can say that most part of the crisis is behind our shoulders and we are much more stronger much more unified than uh, much more healthy than um, we were two years ago so uh, yeah. for me it's a highlight Bruno, Bruno, that's that's just, yeah that's as good and as human a summing up of this crisis i think roger as as i've heard and yeah we we all knew know where we were when the lights went out as you so memorably just put it it's good to see the lights coming back on now isn't it as as you referred to uh, but it's been you know a profoundly challenging time in all our lives and all our corporate lives um and yeah it's been some journey and it, it's really good to hear that note of optimism as you come come through it a bit battered a bit bruised but um, optimistic and, and as you say, unified. So um, very well put indeed. 
Well, Bruno, as the lights are back on, we're going to take you somewhere very bright indeed. We're going to take you out to the tripod desert island. It has duty-free rights, of course. We would, we would only have it that way. And we're going to give you a few creature comforts to enjoy it because you deserve it after what you've been through the last couple of years. So, Roger, I'll let you take Bruno on, on our regular journey. Bruno, um, obviously we're in trouble retail, so I've got to start off on the desert island. You've got one duty-free item to pick. Now, I've had some feedback that I've been being far too slack recently and let people have two. So it's got to be one item of duty-free um, from the feedback I've received. So what I, what one item would you uh, would you take from the Lagardere shop on the way to the desert island? Okay, Roger. So... Um... If you pay for me for uh, airplane tickets to go on the desert islands, and um, if I had to stop with pleasure in one of our uh, Ailia or um, by Paris duty free shop, um, I suppose that uh, if you pay for airplane ticket, you don't pay for life, you pay for two or three weeks holidays <laughs> on the desert islands. So uh, it will be holiday, it will be for life. And I think I would um, take a um, bottle of scotch. Um, to um, take a glass of scotch um, on the evenings, uh, listening a bit of music and um, uh, enjoying um, just pleasure and um, and, and I think that um, if you said well, what is a travel retail? It's um, beautiful products with beautiful history um, uh, that. Uh, you can uh, having alone or share. Um, it's a lot of, about taste. Taste, taste the fragrance, you taste the liquor, you taste the wine, you taste the cigar, the um, food. So um, I think Scotch is, um, and for me would, would be the what I would uh, take with me. Can I? Is it an unfair question to ask you which brand? It's an unfair question. <laughs> <laughs> okay, I'll leave it there then. Um, and then on the desert island with your scotch, uh, you've got one piece of music or album. Um, so which which one would you take? Um, I'm a bit old-fashioned in music, so um, uh, I, there's a song that I have uh, listened a lot. Um, it's um, "Brother in Arms" from Dire Straits. Um, for me, it's um, I love the band. Um, I love the melody. But um, it's also a, a song that satisfies quite well the, my values about team, about friendship, about courage, about tolerance, about that. So it's, um, it's a song that is very, very nice melody from um, outstanding band um, with a content that um, I like um, quite well. Fantastic. So you've got your scotch, you've got your music now, you're allowed to bring one book um on the island as well what book would it be so i, I, will, I will take a french classic book um called au bonheur des dames from a french classic writer emile zola i think in english would be uh, the ladies delight uh, and it's a book uh, happening in the late uh, 19th centuries in paris uh, when the first department store opened in paris um, and you cool. see uh, all the challenge uh, they are facing to build a department store um, in matter of organization, in matter of management, 
it's a it's it's a drama, so there is a story in it. But um, it's, uh, it's 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 a book I read when I was um, sixteen or seventeen. I had to read it for uh, for school, and now that time in retail in um, kind of multi um, uh, multi category uh, retail like department store or travel retail. Um, I think I, I would love to read again this um, this book. To come back to the genesis of um, why we are there in selective um, retail and the uh, department store. All right, great, great choice. Well, Bruno, you're a very warm and gregarious character, so we can't leave you isolated on this island. We've arranged a pretty special dinner party for you, and you can have three guests from your life today or from history, for that matter. It can be any one you like, any man, any woman. Who would they be and why? So um, I took, that was very tough for me to prepare these questions, but um, now I have the three persons I will definitely go with. The first person uh, I will go with is a French um, uh, politic uh, woman uh, that is uh, died now. It's called Simone Veil. Um, it's a French personality. That has been several times minister in the 80s and 90s. Mm -hmm. He was deported during the Second World War and was the first woman to be president of the European Parliament. And um, her life has always been a fight against any kind of discrimination. And she was especially a defendant of the equality men and women. And she's the one that legalized uh, abortion uh, in France. Uh, when we hear the recent actuality, um, in America, think, yeah, yeah. having uh, the vision of the person that gave her life for these causes yeah. Um, yeah. could help to continue to move forward rather than uh, doing step back. So I think I will definitely take her. Really great choice. Yeah, amazing. Second choice um, I will take, um, you will love it, Martin, is Richie Mako. Oh, um, yes. <laughs> Bruno, I like you even more. Um, you know, I'm a former rugby player and um, he is very, very inspirational for me. 111 times all black captain. I think he's one of the greatest rugby players of the history. And I love rugby, so I would love to speak rugby with him. But more than a rugby player, I think he's, he's a tremendous leader. He, he represents what is uh, leadership with value of sacrifice, of a team first, of courage, of never giving up, and the love to win. And um, I think he's a, he's a great man um, to have on the table. So uh, yeah. That's, that, I've got to intervene there, Roger. That is really noble coming from a Frenchman who watched Richie McCaw lead the All Blacks to their first World Cup in 24 years in Auckland. I was there and they won by one point against a much unfancied French side who really did not have the rub of the green on that night from the referee, as Bruno well knows. And Richie did spend most of his time on the wrong side of the ruck, Bruno, exactly, as, yeah, as, just... he, as he tended to do. And many a Frenchman thought he should have been penalised in the uh, in in the second half, and you and you might have won that game. But you know, to to your point, he played most of that tournament with pretty much a broken foot, 
Yeah, I, um, I, I that, yeah. Yeah, absolute courage that got him through. So uh, I, I obviously love your choice. So thank you for that. We'll give you one more, of course, Bruno. Yeah, and I will take um, Antoine de Saint-Exupéry um, because he's not too far from a travel retail. He's a French aviator, explorer, humanist journalist, poet and writer. He wrote Le Petit Prince, that is a worldwide bestseller um, book. Yeah. And um, having also a bit of um, poesy, dream um, with me on the island would be, um, would be also a pleasure. So uh, that's the three person I would. Come, I don't know what uh, Richie Mako and Simone Veil uh, will um, discuss well together, but uh, I'm sure I can, we can find common subject. I'm sure you could. I'd probably, uh, in keeping with tradition, Richie would be on the wrong side of the table, but there we go. <laughs> anyway, oh, great choice. Really, really, that would be a wonderful dinner party. So look, you've been on the island for a little while. We want to give you a, a, another treat. We're going to take you off the island and fly you, Bruno, anywhere in the world that features at the top of your bucket list. So we'd like to know where that is and, and why you would make that choice. Um, as far as I remember, uh, when I was young, um, the best memories I was of my uh, young youth uh, was when I was living in Morocco. Um, so I love this country. I love the people there. And um, I go uh, quite often. And every time I go, when I um, reactivate, when I smell, when I see the, smell the odors, when I see the colors, when I hear the people talk, it reactivates all these beautiful memories of uh, my young years. So um, I would love to go back uh, there, spend a bit of time. Well, we will, we will take you there with great pleasure, Bruno. Bruno has been fabulous to talk. I'll hand over to Roger to conclude, but thanks for, thanks for your time today. You're, you're uh, as I said, a really warm and engaging character. And this has just been a nice conversation. And that is how we like to run a tribe. Thank you, Martin. It was also a pleasure. Been really Thank good. you, Ro Roger. Final word to you. Thank you, Bruno. It was great to have you on. Thank you for sharing how you felt when, as you described it, the lights went off. I think you're probably the first person who's actually done that justice that we've had on the podcast. Um, how you described it is exactly how I felt, uh, and I think everyone in the industry felt. And I have to say, whilst it is probably uh, not the most PC thing to say out of a small select group of retailers. I genuinely, who we work with as well, I genuinely believe Lagardere was one of the few that came out with, uh, you know, with more credibility than they went uh, they went in with. And that's not really spoken about in our industry because people don't want to mention that. But I have to, and Martin knows I've said this privately to him, Lagardere came out very quickly um, with pure class to all of their suppliers and the partners they have. And uh, I did just want to say that, Bruno, given the fact of how you shared, you know, how you felt on the other side, um, the industry really appreciated how Lagardere came out. And I don't think I'll ever be forgotten. Yeah, thanks to mention it. Uh, well, very well said, Roger. Well, Bruno, we'll touch base in 2023 because there's a certain rugby tournament going on in, in, yep. in France. Uh, and you know, of course, the first game of the tournament, uh, the opener yeah, is between France and the All Blacks. And after the thumping that you gave us 
a few months ago. I think you and most of France are pretty confident of the result of that. So we'll wish you well, but perhaps not too well. Yeah, but for the first time, um, I think we are kind of the favorites. And um, for every World Cup, we were a um, decent challenger. And, yeah. uh, and now we are one of the two or three favorites for the World Cup. Uh, even if not the, the, the favorite. So uh, I'm looking forward because All Blacks uh, are always uh, All Blacks. And um, if everything goes well, we will uh, play them two times. Yeah. Um, so um, yeah. let's hope so. We would certainly take that because we're down in the dumps at the moment as the All Blacks. So we, we'd take that. Um, anyway, Bruno, thanks so much for being with us today. Um, let these lights keep shining brightly in, in travel retailers. As we said earlier, they, they are getting brighter and brighter. The business is getting better and better. Go well. I hope you, uh, Lagardere Travel Retail, continues to grow and grow. And with people like you involved, I have no doubt that it will. Mr. Bruno Guise, thank you very much for your time. Thank you very much, Martin. Thank you very much, Bob. Oh, Roger, what a great episode. Bruno's a very uh, warm, engaging, as I said on the program, uh, gregarious character, isn't he? And uh, as the episode went on and he told more about his life and career, you, I, I just really warmed him. I didn't know him well before the event. I thought, I thought it was a great conversation. Yeah, no, he is. I think Bruno, uh, I, think, I, don't, I don't think he'd be too angry for me saying he keeps himself to himself. Right. He concentrates on Lagardere and his job and, you know, he's four years in. But I think for us in, as an industry, the more Bruno is out there and people get to know him, I think that'll be of a benefit to him and our industry and obviously Lagardere. So he's a great guy. He's got a great sense of humour. And I love the way he phrased uh, that moment when he spoke about, you know, for three days, he literally... You know, just couldn't even speak to his team and, you know, everything that was going on. We haven't really had too many people that have talked about that moment, even though we've all had our own. Martin, yeah. yourself, you know, your your, your business, um, like ours, all came to a standstill. So everyone who was involved in travel retail, whether you're a brand ambassador, whether you're a retailer, whether you're a distributor, publication, media, you know, social media, everyone halted. And um, Bruno, I think, really hit it, uh, hit the nail on the head there when he when he gave us that description. Yeah, yeah, the lights the lights went off. All right. Um, no, he, he was great. Well, we'll see you again with another very special guest very soon, Roger. So for now, to all our listeners and viewers, of course, this is Martin Moody saying, see you next time. See you next time.